Welcome to the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast. As instructional coaches and school leaders, you have a challenge to guide continuous teacher growth that promotes student success. This podcast looks to support you with strategies from our experienced guests and insights that I've gathered across many years. I'm thrilled you're here. Thanks for listening. Sharing Best Practices Research with Teachers. Last year, I wrote a blog titled, What's the Impact of Best Practice? In that blog, I explored the question, can a focus on best practice be a problem? Adam Grant, the author of Think Again, while speaking to business entrepreneurs, suggests that it may be time to rethink best practices. He stated that the term used to describe a preferred method of performing a given task or procedure might be limiting. The moment an organization calls a practice best, they're creating an illusion that they've reached an endpoint where there's nothing left to top. I got really interested when I read his his tweet on that. And uh, so not be surprised that my attention was caught by an article by Sarah Morris titled, Five Reasons Teachers Are Tired of the Phrases, Best Practices, and Backed by Research. It really did catch my attention. And I invited uh, Sarah to join us on the podcast and excited to say here she is. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Steve. Thank you for having me. to uh, do a quick introduction here, Sarah Morris is a doctoral academy fellow for the Department of Education Reform at the University of Arkansas. She's a former middle school teacher and is now engaged in researching grading equity, teachers grading practices, and the ninth grade year in school. Uh, so Sarah, I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna have to come back because those other things that you're researching are of, uh, of of equal interest to me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so for starters, uh, how did you uh, get connected to this topic of, of looking at uh, teachers' responses to best practice research and, and how did you gather teachers' thinking? Well, I'm currently trying to do a study with teachers myself as a former teacher turned researcher. So I've my gears have been grinding a little bit on how teachers are thinking about, well, how, how do I take in information for research? So I'm a new writer for the We Are Teachers blog. And I asked my editor, Kelly, to make a Facebook post on the We Are Teachers page, asking teachers to respond to the prompt. And let's see if I can get the wording right. How do you feel when a new initiative or program is hyped as best practice or backed by research? How do you feel about these buzzwords in general? Do you trust them? We want to know. And from there, about 400 teachers commented um, to participate with what they thought. And of course, I had my own inklings for what I thought teachers would think from my own personal experience. But I didn't think writing this blog piece would be done justice if I just use my own thinking. So I'm really glad that I got some information from these teachers on what they think about these phrases. So I'm guessing a little bit of what of what you were thinking uh, is caught in the word hyped. (laughs) 
Well, actually, <laughs> if I am honest, I was a really young teacher and very, very eager. If someone came to me and said, hey, this is the new best thing backed by research. Um, my dad says I'm too gullible. I would be like, oh my gosh, yes. Let me try and implement this in my classroom. I cannot wait to do something that's best for students. Now that I've taken a step back from teaching and I've kind of dug into what actual research is and social sciences behind education. Now I've got more of a give me a break kind of thing. And now I'm more along the that's overhyped kind of thing. And for the teachers that were commenting on the post and engaging with it, it seems that most of them are in that same field as well. A few of them used to think like I did and are like, if something is great, please share it with me. I would love to think about it and reflect on it and see if it can be used in my classroom. But majority of them are like, okay, I'm, I'm over this. <laughs> Well, there's, there's a difference in the phrase you're using there, isn't there, of uh, re reflect on this. Usually when I, when I would see the word hype, uh, I'm connecting to the new strategies being sold to me uh, more mm -hmm. than I'm being asked to reflect on it. Right. And I think there can be two ways to approach it. And I think teachers as professionals tend to want to go the reflective route and don't really go for the hype as much as administrators think they might they like sometimes administrators can be like here's this cow feed please take this cow feed to the farm and see how it goes and the magic better happen or not but then teachers are like well if you give me this information let me digest it let me maybe tease it a little in my classroom see how it works and then we'll see how it goes from there so what were uh, what were some of the uh, common elements you found in the responses from teachers? So we did find um, five common themes that emerged from these comments. Um, what works in one classroom doesn't work in every classroom. Best practice oversimplifies the complexities of classrooms. The quality of the research that's claiming something is best practice is not always great. Um, the new practices normally feel forced by administrators. And then lastly, teachers just feel a little bit of fatigue after COVID and they just can't take any more new things um, in their classroom. So those were the main five kind of things that teachers were commenting on. So I frequently talk about teaching being a profession. And I, I, I make a comparison to uh, medicine or law. And um uh, I, I described it in a profession, you study a lot, you learn a lot, and then you conduct experiments with your clients. Do you see that concept matching teachers' responses to, I guess it hits for sure to me, to all, all the classrooms aren't the same, all, all the kids aren't the same? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's really easy to, like the teachers commented, to oversimplify a complex issue with just a blanket research statement or research results. But teachers are the ones that are working day in and day out with students. And they're the ones that know how to deal with certain circumstances in those specific moments because they are the ones face to face with teachers. Personally, I can say that as a researcher, I have skills and I'm trained to know how to gather data for in general with large populations, something that could trend towards something being associated with what's being best for students. 
but I lose all validity in what I'm saying if I'm not thinking about the practicality of what's actually going to work for teachers in their actual classrooms because they're the professionals and they're the ones working with those kids. Because I remember when I was a teacher, my first period and the strategies or whatever I was using that beginning of the day looked completely different for my seventh period because not all strategies or techniques work the same for students. And that's just part of being a professional is knowing practically what actually happens is best for your students versus here's something that's coming down the pipeline that's trying to be shoved down my throat as this is what a best practice is. I'm thinking that we could move advances in education uh, ahead further and faster if we could get teachers more involved as uh, as research partners. Does that kind of line up? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I I really feel that one. Uh, a lot of districts pay consultants to come in and like evaluate what they're doing, tell them what's wrong, how to do it better. And then the consultants can leave and the districts make these policies, these blanket policies for teachers. And then they're like, all right, this is what you need to do. Um, good luck. You better do it or, or else kind of thing. I taught at a district where our principal was very calm when he heard new things down the pipeline, kind of from central office trickling down. And I vividly remember him visiting room to room to room of each experienced teacher, veteran teacher in our building, and just kind of like informally talking about something that was coming down the line and being like, well, hey, as the teacher, the one actually facing the students, what do you think about what's about to happen in our district? And because somebody in central office could claim something that is backed by research, but what do those conversations look like when you practically get your teachers involved and get their input? Um, so I, I really saw good things in my district, but I know it's not the same for the rest of the districts that teachers are at. So I guess that sets you up for my next, uh, my next question. Uh, a lot of our listeners uh, to this podcast are instructional coaches, they're school leaders. And I'm wondering if you've got some uh, suggestions, guidelines, things they might keep in mind when they're in that position of uh, implementing the district's new research-backed uh, curriculum uh, <laughs> or strategy. Uh, you, you've picked up some things from that administrator you worked with. How would you spell them out as to as as to things that uh, that leaders should be thinking about? Yeah, so instructional um, coaching positions are really important. Um, I'm afraid, though, in some districts that they could potentially still close off teachers from those important conversations about what they're trying to implement. Um, don't leave teachers out in this decision making process. I I'm fearful of imagining a room where a lot of admins sit around and make a decision and it's something that the teachers have to implement and maybe one instructional coach is in there and maybe they speak up, maybe they don't, but hey, still there are no teachers in this imagined room. And that makes me sad because I think that might be happening in places. Um, I know in my building that 
teachers were often, the experienced and veterans teachers were often invited to take place in these conversations and a sat down in a sit down meeting where they got to voice their opinion. And I think there were a few things that my principal told central office, like, Hey, our, our school is not doing this just because it didn't work with what was best with our teachers and what we thought was going to be practical and how we implemented it. I know you asked for my suggestion and this might be too much of an ask, but I think it would be great if somebody in each district knew how to read research. So uh, a lot of things that are told to um, teachers or admin or anybody in central office, they could use the phrase back by research or best practice, but nobody's actually reading into the methods of what has actually happened. I mean, there's a lot floating around in education research where it doesn't even have a comparison group. Um, we could say that X percent liked this reading intervention, but compared to who? <laughs> was there a control group for the in a reading intervention? How big was your sample size? Would the results be externally valid in a different circumstance, in a different school setting? Like, was there an actual treatment or is this work just descriptive? A lot of people are making decisions for schools that think association means causality, that yeah. a treatment actually was the cause of something happening, but it's actually really hard to achieve causality in social science research like education. So I can shout from the rooftops that I would think it'd be great for somebody in each district to read through the research and be like, hey, is this malarkey? Is this not malarkey? But that might be too much of an ask, but I think it's important to actually read through where did you get this information from? You know, as I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm I'm thinking that most of us as teachers aren't aren't prepared to actually question research. I have to agree. Um, I did my undergrad with a major in mathematics and a minor in secondary education and no part of my training at all, at all, at all was about picking apart research and seeing what was good methods, seeing what was bad methods. I then got my master's and again, no part of my training at all was about picking apart research. I haven't been able to pick apart research well until I joined um, the program that I'm in right now, education policy. Unfortunately, that is a lot of teachers' realities. They don't know what's good research and what's bad research. I unfortunately don't have a good answer for that and how to clear that up other than, man, I really hope somebody out there is reading this and reading where you're getting your information from. Yeah, it's almost like we need a different word. The, the the research term is is used uh i mean i guess it, it can be used to mean so many different things since we don't know what it says to say that this is backed by research well you might have you might have hit a nerve on me i was just complaining to one of my classmates about how much the verb to research bothers me at this moment because I'll be on social media and I'll see somebody say, yeah, I researched this, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, and I'm like, do you mean you Googled that like you put it in your search engine or do you mean 
you got 20 papers, collected these 20 papers, stifled through that literature review, and you got the results, compared all of the results, and now you have statistically significant findings back in your repertoire. Which do you mean? Do you mean you Googled or do you mean you did a con condensed lit review of something? So you might have touched a nerve on that um, <laughs> research because I, I hear it often as a researcher. Yeah. Now I cannot stop hearing how many how many times people say, "Yeah, I researched that." I'm thinking, "No, you did it. You googled it. You googled <laughs> no. it." Uh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, listen. Thank you so much for uh, uh, taking the time. Uh, and uh, as I said, uh, I'll be following you and checking back as you. Uh, as you write on those other topics that you are researching <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I yeah, right. that you are you are you are you are, uh, you are you are researching it i will put the link to your uh, article in the lead into the podcast so people will be able to find it and uh is it okay folks uh touch base with you by email yes i'm at s r m zero four one at uarc.edu all right we'll put that in the uh lead-in notes too so folks can find it easily uh Great. thank you so much appreciate Great. it yeah thank you so much thanks for listening folks i'd love to hear what you're pondering you can find me on twitter or linkedin at steve barkley or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barkleypd.com